Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the NS9 post game show. I'm your host, Anthony Denardo. With me, we have Jim Rosati. Jim, welcome to the very second last post game show of the year where the Pirates do lose once again. Yeah, it's your last post game show. I have, uh, I have tomorrow, so I've got, I've got one more to go. But yeah, game 161. Well, congratulations. Maybe you'll, you'll end on a W. I unfortunately do not. The Pirates lose tonight 7-3 to the Marlins, who happen to be able to go ahead and clinch their, their playoff berth tonight. So congrats to the Miami Marlins. And I guess with that said, for all you people wishing the Pirates to keep losing so the Cubs are out, you're welcome. Yeah, now we can win one. Let's let's win tomorrow, end the season with a win. But yeah, Marlins have clinched. Uh, I believe the Diamondbacks have clinched two or about two, one of the, one of the two. And uh, yeah, I think the Cubs and uh, it looks like the Reds are going to be out too. Reds are losing. So yeah, Reds are out. They're Such down 11 to six. Such a shame. Jim's like, oh, what a shame. <laughs> yeah. It's also a shame that the Pirates lost. We have six viewers right now because nobody cares about Pirates baseball anymore. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's well, live. Let's, let's I'm sure people, people will catch up here, but there's a pit game going on. I think West Virginia is playing right now. So everybody's kind of preoccupied with things more important than a meaningless Pirates game at this point. But it was it was a uh, I mean, it was an it was a somewhat entertaining game for a seven to three loss, I guess. That's fair. I mean, the Marlins straight up bullpen it once again, uh, which they did successfully. But uh, I guess, I don't know, let's start today. The Pirates did actually have a starting pitcher take the mound. So, I mean, there was that was kind of refreshing. Like, Kren Priester started the game today. He goes 5.2 innings. Oh, sorry, 5.1 innings. Um, you and I were talking as the game was going on. It was a, it was a decent start until it finished to not be a decent start. Yeah, it was a decent start until it wasn't. Right. Uh, right. I, I think um, and this kind of goes back to we, we kind of mentioned the same thing with Mitch Keller when we talk about him sometimes. But I think if a team if this team had a competent pitching staff, Quinn Priester probably doesn't get sent back out there for the sixth inning with 89 pitches and two runs given up. Right. Uh, it was a two two ball game after five. You know, I I thought Quinn Priester's day was done and you were going to say, hey, you know what? End the season on a high note, pretty decent start, five, five innings, two runs. That's back to back, you know, decent starts by Quinn Priester to end his season. And uh, it ended up not being that way. They send him back out for the sixth and he gives up. uh, Gives up some base runners to start the inning. They both end up scoring. So final line for Quinn Priester, four runs on five and a third innings, 10 hits uh, and a walk. So, you know, the final line doesn't look bad, doesn't look good for Quinn Priester. Uh, right. I, I think, um, I think, he, you know, he was getting hit the whole day. It wasn't like an excellent start. So the line probably fits how he pitched for the most part. I will say this, like it was refreshing to see Quinn Priester end the season you know, with the second stint, I, I think you finally gained a little bit more confidence in him in the future. Like the results weren't excellent, but he showed you the reasons why he was a top pitching prospect. Uh, I believe he ended the year one out 
left um, before graduating. So he's still technically a prospect going into next year. And uh, yeah, I, I think you can't necessarily like hand him a spot on the roster next year, but he's certainly going to be one of the guys competing for, for a fifth, you know, rotation spot. Um, but yeah, he looked, he looked okay today. Not great. Not, not, not terrible. Didn't miss a ton of bats, nine swings and misses. The velocity was at least still up on his sinker today. Um, barely, but not as much as it had been in previous starts. Uh, four seam mm-hmm. fastball was down though. Um, but he was also throwing it a little weird. I don't know if you noticed that there was one replay they showed of a four seam fastball and it looked more like a cutter, uh, but it was registering as a four seam. So I don't that may be something to kind of watch out there. Uh, his four seam was down quite a bit today though. Um, and it just didn't, it didn't look like a traditional four seamer to me. Gotcha. I'll say I didn't really notice that. No, but like you said, like that was like the only pitch I was like dramatically down. You know, we've seen everyone for the most part, you know, their velocity's down. It's the end of the year, but right. His down 2.2 miles an hour. And like everything else was either like up a little bit of a tick or down a little bit of a tick. So you're right. Maybe there was something to see there. Maybe something's not registering or, or who knows, maybe he's just playing around with it. It's the last start. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just real quick, just looking at the data, his four seam fastball was seven, had seven inches more of vertical movement than normal today. Yeah. So like something, something was off there with that pitch. It was, I don't think it was a four seam fastball. Good catch, Jim. I think he was throwing a cutter. So is he just adding a cutter now? I don't know. That's what it looked like when they slowed it down. That's what it looked like. But okay, who knows? Well, there's that. So something to watch this entire off season where you can't watch anything. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I guess you're saying you know pretty much nailed it. It was, it was one of those starts where like you would have felt okay with right end of the year on that five innings pitched. He was giving some hard hits, but you know the defenders are defending fairly well. Didn't do too much damage. Goes out there once again, and right then the start ends up not being good for that point one innings that he was out there for. But at any rate, um, you know Quinn Priester ends the year like you mentioned, one out away, so he's still a rookie, but it's not great. Seven point seven four ERA. That's not what you wanted to see out of Quinn Priester this year, but it's not as like I'm writing him off, right? Anything like that. You're going to go in the next year where Mitch Keller's penciled in, Johan Oviedo's penciled in, and after that. It's free game for everybody. That's that. That's it. Like you have a two man rotation until you build it, and people went out. And uh, Quinn Priest has earned every opportunity and right to be part of that mix. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, is. He'll, he'll is. definitely he'll definitely compete for. It. I do want to add quit with Quinn Priester too. Um, I mean, the guy just turned twenty three, like two weeks ago. Just turned twenty three. I think that the thing more than anything that's nice to see about these last few starts is that the velocity is still there. Like it, it's, it's not gone. Like there's still something in there where he can, he can reach back and he can throw it 95, 96 if he needs to. So I think that's, that's kind of the main thing with Priester this off season is just kind of get more consistent with that velocity. Cause mm-hmm. although the results weren't great, he was still a much better pitcher this in, in his second stint than he was in his first stint. Granted. Very low bar. However, you are correct. <laughs> yeah, very and, low bar. Right. And as you know, Neil and I discussed, once he's part of that group discount package going to tread this offseason, like there could be some better results. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, yeah. I mean, 
yeah, there's not much more I can add to that. You know, it, you I'm not gonna say you liked what you saw, but it was better the second time around. Uh, the biggest thing was seeing the uptick in velocity. Um, and he fought through it. Like at least again, like he he had five innings pitched today. His last outing out was it five something as well? Um, he's pitched into the sixth each of his last three starts. So he went so six innings. Go. He went six so, innings last time out. Six innings this the start before. So yeah, he's getting perfect. some some longevity in those outings. So that's the other thing is he's you know he was getting outs um, where he really wasn't getting outs at all his first first time up. So no, what what did change though is his first time up he was getting tons of run support and that that stopped with the uh, the second stint. You mean that wasn't going to keep up, Jim? No, it's seventy five percent win <laughs> win percentage with like a a ten ERA. Yeah, I think he was yeah. three and one at one point with like yep. a nine something ERA. <laughs> yeah, that that wasn't going to keep up, right? But at any rate, so that wraps up the book on Quinn Priester. Um, where else do you want to go with this game? You know, I felt like there was certainly kind of like last night, like there was offense, but they didn't come through when needed for the most part. They were two for 14. Again, I felt like, was that the number last night too? If not, it was very, very close. Yeah, it was close. They they had a ton of base runners today. Um, yeah. You know, 12 hits and a walk and a hit by pitch. So you had a total of 14 base runners and you only get three of them across. And yep. a lot of that just has to do with, you know, when you get guys on base, sometimes you just got to put the ball in play. And there were a few opportunities the Pirates had there that they kind of shot themselves in the foot because they just struck out. They had 14 strikeouts today as a team collectively. And it doesn't matter how many singles and, and you know, it's hard to score runs when you're not hitting the ball over the fence and you're striking out 14 times. Absolutely. Because yep. that is just a not, that's not a productive out. You always like Neil Walker was on the broadcast today. He like invented that term, right? Like a quab, like a quality, quality at bat or whatever. Right. A strikeout with guys in scoring position is not a quality at bat. You put the ball in play and you've got a chance at, at like something happening. And that was their issue today was that plenty of chances um, clogged the base paths, but the strikeouts, can't do damage. Can't do damage when you're not putting the ball in play. No, that's correct. Now, like on the opposite end of this, this is where I was talking a little bit last night, you know, and I'm not really out here like faulting the pirates or really hammering and harping down on this situation, right? There's not a whole lot of starting pitching. Like yesterday was a big bullpen game for the pirates, right? Today was a bullpen game for the, the Marlins as well. And, and granted, it was successful for them, right? Like no one, no one imploded, right? We're calling Selby imploded last night for the pirates and end up losing the game more or less. No one imploded, but like this is the positive side of a bullpen game if it all works out. You have like, you know, your relievers going max effort for two innings each time. It, it, it's it's a little more difficult than you have like like Quinn Priester today in the fifth inning, where he's seen the lineup maybe, maybe a second or third time, right? So like it was effective today, um, you know, like but at the same time like you mentioned, like the Pirates were making hits, but they were just striking out way too often. And as mentioned, two for fourteen uh, with runners in scoring position, left twelve on. Uh, last night, I know it was nine they left on base. So I mean, that, was, that was a big problem last night and today for sure. You know, they, they were getting guys on, but not doing enough to actually score and capitalize on on it. So, um, but I mean, there were still some decent performers. I mean, let's talk about Indy Rodriguez a little bit. He had a big night last night, another big game today. Uh, jokingly, he's he's getting hot when the season's ending. 
he's going to have no more games to continue. So he's going to end it at a, you know, a, a low OPS. But at the end of the day, he three more hits today. He went three for five with a another RBI. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's nice seeing what Andy's doing right now. Yeah. So Monday, um, Tyler and I were on Starbucks. You were you were gone, and, and we talked about you know two things that we wanted to see this last week, which you know, yeah. there's nothing really to play for. But what did we want to see? And Tyler really wanted to see Andy come through and end the season strong. Uh, didn't really play that well during that Philadelphia series earlier in the week, but yeah, two hits yesterday, two for three with a walk yesterday, uh, three hits today, uh, three for five with a run batted in a, a run scored. So yeah, a good solid end of the year for Andy Rodriguez. This is probably his last game. I would imagine Jason delay gets to start tomorrow with a day game after a night game. They don't really play Andy on, on, on those. So yeah, this was probably Andy Rodriguez's final uh, game. He and, and he, like I said, finished finished strong. It was just two games, really. But uh, yeah, if you're going to have two games at the end of the year, it's better to have two good games than two bad games. I think uh, I think a lot of us probably expected more from Andy Rodriguez this season. I think he showed us a lot defensively in that in his arm in particular. Uh, you just got to hope you know this offseason he gets better gets stronger, gets a little bit cons more consistent with blocking, you know, and things like that. But uh, yeah, you definitely are looking for Andy to take a, a step forward uh, next season. But yeah, good, good end of the season for him. Good last series. Like Let's talk it. a little bit about that drop baseball. I just want to bring that up because you're ahead of me in the, in the, in the actual broadcast and you're laughing about it. And as I saw it, I mean, it looked like it hit Stallings. But he got away with one there. You talk about it, and those are all the things he definitely has to work on. But the one thing he definitely does not need to work on is throwing out base runners. He is excellent at that. But today, he couldn't hang on to the baseball, dropped it, and got an interference call. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm not, I'm not sure what the umpire saw there. Uh, it was John Birdie. He was on second base, stole yeah. third easily. You know, Andy, Andy, you know, got out of his out of his uh his his one-handed crouch uh one knee crouch came up firing and the ball just i mean he just dropped it it was entirely him just dropping the ball uh and yeah the umpire said that i guess stalling somehow interfered with it they sent birdie back to second and you know stallings end up flying out it would have been a sacrifice fly you know had had birdie been on third birdie right. did eventually score on a josh bell double so it was all, you know, for not, but it was, it was a kind of a fun piece of that broadcast. There were a few weird things that happened today. Like the Jorge Soler hit by pitch. Jorge Soler gets hit by a pitch. Umpire says it's a hit by pitch. Soler doesn't go to first. Cause he's like, I didn't get hit. I didn't get hit. And so the pirates challenge it. They go to New York and I don't know what's going on with the New York room. Um, I don't know. If maybe, maybe no one's there. They couldn't get to work because of all the flooding in New York. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but. Um, they say that, uh, yeah, call stands. So, so Jorge Soler is just sitting there in the batter's box, like waiting to hit again because he knows he didn't get hit and the replay put him onto first base. So yeah, it, it was a weird, weird day. That was, I, I don't know if I'd ever seen that before where a hitter was just like, no, I didn't get well, hit. Oh, and I was then say Albert Bell, like it wasn't an Albert Bell situation where yeah. he clearly got hit. It was like, nope, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm hitting yep. his baseball. Um, but you're right, I don't know what they yeah. saw. 
because the replay clearly showed it went off of the knob of the bat. It was not a hit by pitch. So I'm, I'm, I don't know what happened there. The only thing I could say is like, it has to be like inclusive. And like, if you could debate, maybe it still clipped a piece of his hand. You can't tell. That's really it. But yeah, like on that replay, it just seems like, I mean, the bat even like kind of just bounces in a little bit and you see like the ricochet of his hand, which yeah, like, I mean, it was pretty clear to me that it hit the bat. Yeah. That's how I felt. But like you said, it was a weird game. Ultimately, it didn't really matter much for the Pirates, whether they won or lost, what happened. Um, It mattered a lot for the the Marlins, and it's not like that play decided anything for them. They won 7-3. But yeah, there were some some weird things that happened today. Uh, Josh Bell returned. We we saw some fun defense also on that side. So uh, yeah, there was some weird baseball. Not well played on both ends, I will say that. Where the Pirates have been playing good baseball, we talk about that. For like the past few days, I've been playing as crisp baseball. That's for sure. Yeah, it was a sloppy game. Um, There's a lot, like I said, a lot of hits. Only one home run for, I mean, the, the we talked about the 12 hits the Pirates had. The Marlins also had 14 hits. So there were 26 hits in today's game. Three walks, a hit by pitch. I mean, there was not two hit by pitches. So there was, you know, 31 base runners today. Um, as I said, the Marlins just did a slightly better job of hitting while there were runners on base than the Pirates did. And that, that ended up being the difference. The Pirates did score on uh, on an error as well. Soriano, who was pitching, kind of threw one down the right field line. And, and that, right. that ended up, you know, being a run for the Pirates. So, yeah, sloppy game. A lot of stuff happening. A lot of action. A lot of strikeouts. It was the the fifth highest yeah. hit in PNC Park by Jazz Chisholm, a 42 degree launch angle home run. That thing soared. Yeah, I think they said it was like 160 feet in the air. Jazz Chisholm's home run. It's um, crazy. Yeah, I mean he he got all of it. it. Just but hit it straight up in the air. Ended up being you know four rows deep over the the Clemente wall. So yeah, it, it was it was an entertaining seven to three loss. Like. There, there was a lot of stuff that happened. Um, like I said it, it was not by any, like by no means was this a boring game. No. Nope. And to stick on the offense side, um, you know, Cabrian Hayes, two more hits today, two more doubles, still doing his thing out there, his OPS at a 765 right now, uh, batting average 273. Like it just keeps going for Cabrian Hayes. He just looks really good. And the one double like hit off the Clemente wall, uh, both were, hit away actually one was yeah. you know i think to the left of josh bell like did it just yeah. hit before one him or after one was just kind of a you know a, a line drive down the first baseline the other one that went off of the the right field wall so both right. opposite field yeah he's at a 102 weighted runs created plus now uh mm-hmm. those were doubles number 30 and 31 on the year for him um he had never had more than 24 in a season prior to this. So just another another example of his offensive statistics. Just like I say, he's he took that step forward this year that we've been waiting to see. And, you know, we 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 never even really asked for him to be a league average hitter. We were like, just be slightly below league average and you're fine. Um, but today we you know, we're now seeing him as a league average hitter to above average hitter. Uh, and he's been well above average. He's been really good uh, these last 
you know, six, seven weeks or so. Right. And you're seeing, you're seeing the type of team that the pirates can be with a good key. Brian Hayes, like key Brian Hayes getting a whole other gear here at the end of the year is a big reason why this team has been above 500 since the trade deadline. Yeah, it absolutely has been. He's been a top three player in baseball like this yeah. entire time. Like it's basically like Acuna, Mookie, and, and Cabrian Hayes. That, that's what we're talking about. Like this isn't just like I'm shitting you type of thing. Like this is for mm -hmm. real. That's how well he's been playing. Now, of course, because the defense is so elite, but the offense has been really, really good. You package that together. Like he's played MVP level those past six, seven, eight weeks now. Uh, so, and you're absolutely right. Like with that, understand, like you look at the entire year right now, you're looking at like a one or two way to runs created plus, but what he's done these past few months, leaves you pretty encouraged about next year. Like, what is he, is he going to just end up being a league average player, which is totally fine. Let's go back to like your point. You're saying we've been talking, like if he's just slightly below, he's a good player. But if this dude can be like a one twenty way to runs created plus, like a good hitter that he's been showing right now, um, you know, not to this level, like, He's still even well below this level, but like I said, like a 120, 110, 120, he's a really good player. And if he can be anywhere near this level, right? Like we talked a few post games ago, I feel like you're talking about like MVP Kutch type of talent on this team that's starved yeah. for top tier players. So, yeah, like very, very encouraging. And the fact that like we're continuing to see it, it wasn't just like a hot two, three week stretch that Cabrian has done before. This has been sustained for quite a bit and it's still going. So today, two more doubles for Cabrian Hayes. You talk about ND capping off, like the fact that you know Cabrian Hayes is still capping off the season, very, very strong. Leaves me so encouraged by him. Yeah, I mean, I feel like too, he almost hasn't even had like a great September. Like I've, you know, he had like a really good August, and then I don't know. I just haven't noticed him being really, really good in September. But then you look at it and he's got over an 800 OPS in September, right? So like he's he's completely turned his uh, his season around, hopefully his career around uh, whatever he's found in this swing of his. He has, like I said, completely found another gear and it is really nice to see him um, doing what he's doing offensively because like him, him and Jared Triolo really like carried this team. <laughs> this last like month or so. Uh, and then before Triolo's call up, like it was just, it was just Cabrian Hayes. Like, well, I don't want to discount Brian Reynolds too much. Like Brian, Brian Reynolds, Reynolds has been good has too. Well and, too. And like Sawinski's had a good September. So you got to throw him in there as well. But I mean, this is a team that basically went these last two months of the season with two starting pitchers. And they finished the year with, you know, a winning record in those last two months. So, uh, and, and like I said, Cabrian Hayes has much to do with that. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go to the guy with over a thousand OPS in September, Jared Triolo. Two for five today. Now, granted, the other three outs that were made were by strikeouts. The, the strikeouts are still kind of up there. Like they've come down right recently. Like he was over 30%. Uh, and I think since his call up, he's been in like, or since August. Uh, right before his demotion where he was playing pretty well and like, you know, since the call began, it was hovering around like 26%, but they have three strikeouts today, but two hits. The guy's still just hitting. You talk about OPS, his OPS at a 794, Jared Triolo. Jared, extra base hit challenge, Jim. 
Not that he had any today, but uh, like that's the thing too. Like not only is he hitting, but he's hitting for modest enough power, much more than you would have anticipated. Uh, and again, talking about people that are leaving you encouraged for next year. Again, I don't expect this from Jared Triolo, but seeing this out of Jared Triolo makes me think like, can he be? Can he be? just a below league average or even league average hitter with his defense, which gives you all kinds of value because of like his flexibility as well. I'll say this. I'm not writing Triolo off that he can't do this, that this isn't sustainable. Um, th- that, that first, the first time we saw Jared Triolo was, I mean, coming off of a hand injury, like he missed the beginning of the year right. with hand injury. And we all we all know what those do to power. And so maybe the Jared Triolo we're seeing right now, maybe like maybe not the September Jared Triolo being completely sustainable, but like the overall body of work, Jared Triolo, that we've now been 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 uh, 200 plate appearances now for Triolo in the majors, 205 counting today. Uh, and he's got a eight nine an eight oh uh, hold on seven ninety four ops seven ninety four right. ops um i mean he's got a 121 rated weighted runs created plus and it's not like this is like brand new like it's not like he was a light hitter in the minors like he he was always a pretty good hitter he's always had a good walk rate and you know the walk rate now still looking good i now i was ready to write off jared triolo like two months ago right we're aware, but but what we've seen, what we've seen from him since this call up, and the defense that he's that he plays, it's really good defense. Right now, to me, if if I'm putting this team together for 2024, like Jared Triolo has the leg up on the second base job, going into opening day 2024. Like he, I is, don't hate that. He is like right now. If I'm penciling somebody into that spot. It's him, and it's his to lose at this point. I uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I, I think I, I mean, I'm I'm going into next year saying it's wide open. Whoever takes it takes it. I don't know if anyone has truly like a leg up, but he has certainly earned. If there is going to be some of the leg up, that right? Um, I mean, he's playing at a five war pace. Yeah, he's at a five war pace. And, and what I want to say too around is, the infield, and he looked terrible. He looked terrible for, you know, six seven weeks. I don't know if it's that long. I don't know if it's that long, but it was that long here. But it was a while. Like towards the end of his first time up, again, the power wasn't there. The hits were coming, but the power still eluded him. It's just this next time he came up, that's when the power came back, and that's also why we look the slugging. The slugging doesn't look that great right now. But September slugging looks amazing. So again, you mix it together. I don't know if, if the, the whole power, but like it's not like he can't hit for power. Like he's 6'3, 215. Like, he's, he's got the dude. frame. He's built, yeah. right? So uh, but at any rate, what I'm getting to is uh like the defense does look really good, like you mentioned. Like the only flaws I feel like I see defensively from him are just mental things of like not playing that position that often. The communication around the field, stuff like that, like communicating with the right fielder like who's going to make the catch in second you know in between and such like that type of things right you can sort that out you can sort that out like if that's really the only flaws i'm seeing from him 
for the most part, defensively around the diamond. And that's a huge plus because the glove, and we see that glove at first. Not that I want to be at first base, but he can absolutely play first base. He can absolutely play. So if he ends up becoming that super utility type of guy, I have no issue or fear about him playing probably literally every position. But if he becomes an everyday second baseman, like you said, I, I'm not I'm not going to write him off saying like he can't produce enough to be an everyday player. But what's nice is to have that in the bag and say I can also play every position if that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I think right now, like just kind of where my head's at is if you had to pick between Triolo, Piguero, Gonzalez, Bay, Marcano. I know. I'm going with Triolo. And and I think that's that's what best fits the team right now. And, and yeah, I think he's he would make a perfect like super utility guy. But I think right now this team needs him to play second base. Unless one of those other guys can start performing well enough to to grab that spot, but right now none of them have. Yep. I feel you. I think that's that's fair all to say. I think the best case scenario is like a Baguero does come out take it which then pushes triolo to become and still get i mean he can still get three to four hundred at bats oh yeah being like a super utility guy so it's not as if like you're limiting him down to like 200 at bats and now you're wasting away like he can still definitely do that and injuries happen right um yeah i mean be best G-Wan, case scenario if you want to be a good team yeah i mean g1 bay got 368 plate appearances this year so there you go. i mean there's no reason why why you can't give triolo that next year if he give him the outfield it. glove too, <laughs> if it comes down seriously, I'm, I'm sure he can play. I'm sure he can play corner outfield and maybe center because Bay did true. Yeah, now he's more athletic, but regardless, anyways, back to the game. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. There's not a whole lot of really want to talk about, I guess. You know, we did for the most part. Moretta came in, now he gave up the runs that Priester left on the base, but. I guess still you want to say there's no earned runs still for him. So his ERA three seven nine. Jose Hernandez looked good when he first came in, and then he looked bad the second, the second inning that he was in. Um, he's been a mixed bag this year as well, and I think it's more like towards the end he's broken down and been a lot worse. And I think we talked about that a little bit, but still intrigued by Jose Hernandez. Yeah, what's nice about Jose Hernandez is, I mean, you you accomplished your goal, roll five pick, and he clearly showed you something this year that like there's like there's something there. Um, was he ready for Major League Baseball this this year? Probably not. I mean, the dude dude hadn't pitched above Double A, right? Um, but I think the the good thing about Hernandez now, because this was brought up in the Discord too, is you know you got this roster crunch coming up during the off season. Jose Hernandez, his spot's safe on this team. You know, he he made it through this year, so that means you know the organization's got him now. Yep. He doesn't have to be on the active roster next year. He's got three options. Yep. So like you you now have yourself a pretty talented lefty reliever with three option years. Um, he's he's going to be on this team next year um, in you know some form or fashion. I don't know if he makes the opening day roster, but he. Uh, He's certainly someone that they're going to rely on going forward. And uh, as far as roll five picks go, um, this has been the most successful Pirates roll five pick that I can remember in a 
for a long time. Right. I can't really, I can't really think of another roll five pick that pretty much lasted the whole year and contributed as much as Jose Hernandez. I feel like in the past, if we've picked the reliever, they came down with a bunch of phantom injuries or real injuries in the case of like Nick birdie. Um, or they were just stashed away in a bullpen and you saw them, you know, once every other week or so Jose Hernandez, that wasn't Jose Hernandez this year. Like they, they used him in big spots. They relied on him. He showed that, you know, he, there's something there and maybe there's some tweaks that need to be made, but they don't, they don't need him to be a major league reliever next year. They, They can call upon him as needed next season, but the pirates now have a talented lefty arm in their bullpen with options. He's going to be going to be a part of this team going forward. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, so I guess outside of that, anything else you really talk, really wanted to talk about with uh, today's game? I don't think so. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's win tomorrow and the season with a uh, with win number seventy six. That would be uh, that would be a good way to end the year. We discussed Jose Hernandez, Rule 5 pick from the Dodgers. Um, not a Rule 5 pick, but I assume if he's not getting the start, we talked about this, probably going to get a bulk, and I don't see it being tweeted or said anywhere. But uh, probably Andre Jackson, again, either going to get the start or the bulk innings tomorrow. So another Dodgers, ex-Dodgers pitcher of the Pirates Fire that's showing some intrigue and possibly you know going to be there for next year. So we might see him to end out the season. So you can talk about that game. There we go. There Andre Jackson tomorrow. All right. Well, with that said, I guess we'll get out of here. Appreciate everyone for watching. This is my last post game. But I'll be back Monday morning with Jim for Starbucks. There we go. <laughs> there it is. All right. We're out of here. Bye-bye. See you guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.